But to you who are listening, I say, and this is Jesus speaking, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If they take your coat, don't withhold your shirt. Give to everyone who asks, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, don't demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, that's a more familiar passage. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be the children of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. How many of you are grateful that God is kind to the ungrateful? How many of you are grateful that he's merciful to his enemies? See, I was an enemy of God too. And even then, he loved me and gave himself, himself for me. This month, we're zeroing in on the faith of Jesus as expressed in the book of Luke. How did he understand Scripture? How did he live it out? And what do we learn from his faith and teaching? Jesus studied, did, and taught, and we are his disciples. And one understanding he received from his study and faith in God was that he was to love his enemies. Only from Jesus do we hear these words. Other people will say, do nice things even if other people aren't nice. But only from Jesus do we hear, love your enemies. See, there were a couple of ideas that were emerging, started about a century before Jesus came on the scene and helps to make up part of his theological world. Remember, Jesus is in a culture. He's speaking to a culture. So we want to understand his words in his world so that we can know how to apply them to our world today. And the foundational idea was this, was that we should serve God out of love and not expecting reward. We serve God out of love simply because he is God and he's worthy of our service. So then the follow-up was, well, then what's the basis of reward? And you see reward talked about here. And so the basis for reward that they came to, the conclusion they came to, came out of the book of Leviticus, that reward is based on loving your neighbor as yourself. See, the way that we love others is the way in which God will respond to us, or we are more like uh, others than any of us are like God. In the way we love them, He will be merciful to us. And in this spirit, this principle which was in Judaism at, at that time is central to Jesus' teaching as well and to his faith. And we'll see that in Matthew chapter 5 where he says, if you, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. In chapter 6, if you forgive, you will be 
forgiven. It also stood behind Jesus' command earlier in Luke, which we are to not judge one another. We covered that last month. This spirit also stands, and this principle also stands behind Jesus' teaching in the story that we call the story of the Good Samaritan. And, and here's, the, here's the setup. A, a lawyer or a teacher of the law, of the, of the law of Moses, of God's word, which was also their law, is, is coming to Jesus and he's asking, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answers in a very uh, Jewish way. He answers the question with a question. He says, what does the law say? You're a teacher of the law. What does, what does the word say? And how do you read it? What does it say, and how do you read it? There's two important details to know here. First of all, in Jewish life, the Torah, or the the Word of God, was found everywhere throughout life. It wasn't separated from their everyday life and interactions with other people. Also know this, that the, the Scripture was written, the Hebrew Scripture was written without vowels or punctuation. So literally reading the Word of God was an act of interpretation. You had to interpret it as you read it. And what this did was demonstrated what someone believed, because how you read the Scripture is a window in what, to what you believe about God and about His Word. I would say the same is true today, that how we read the Bible is still a spiritual act and often tells us more about ourselves than it does about God even, because the Bible is a mirror. It's a mirror. We proclaimed that in our declaration, that as much as it reveals God, it also examines the reader. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus, not to try to trick him, but to see, see truly what he was trying to say, to, to see if he knew what he was talking about, because he knew the law. So he's standing up to test Jesus in this way. And he says, teacher, he asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, Who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was. When he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expenses that you have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The teacher or expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. The lawyer responds by citing Deuteronomy 6, 5, and you will love your God. 
with all your heart, soul, and strength. He also responds with Leviticus 19.18, and you will love your neighbor who is like yourself. Why is the law you're citing these two passages? Because the ancient, ancient Jewish scholars, what they would do is they, they would understand Scripture from, from other Scriptures that had the same words. We, we still do this today. We call it, you know, word study. So you take a word and then and you find where else in Scripture is that that I can understand its meaning, especially when one of the passages was more abstract, then they would go to the other passages which were more concrete to say, this is how I live that out. This is how we do it. How do I love, my, love God with my all? That's abstract. So he goes to another passage of and you will love where it says your neighbor as yourself. And he says, this is how I love God with my all, is by loving my neighbor as myself. In response to this, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. So the lawyer then asked, well, who's my neighbor? It's a, it's a rightful question. He, he's, not, he's, not, he's saying who's in and who's out. In other words, to whom do I act lovingly so that I can love God in this practical way? Show me who I'm supposed to do this toward. But Jesus instead says, you go be the neighbor. He doesn't tell him who's in and out. He says, you be the neighbor. This is amazing because he answers the story with, or he answers the question with this story, the story that we call the Good Samaritan. Because the, the lawyer's given us two of the passages that will be, and you shall love, right? You shall love God with all your heart. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. In this story, Jesus now brings us to the third, and you shall love, and you shall love the foreigner from Leviticus 19.34. There's conflict in this story because we have a priest and a Levite coming by, and so this is a teacher of the law. And so what he's saying is that this man, his condition, how he was left is important to the story. He was left half dead, remember. This is a dying man. And so the priest and the Levite were faced with, with a dilemma because they had the command of God. The priests were not to touch a corpse. They were not to touch that which was dead. In fact, if you were serving in the temple, uh, you couldn't even go into the place where your own parents were lying to mourn because you couldn't come in contact with that dead body. This was in the command of God. It was in the law. And so they're faced with this dilemma they had to choose between the dying person on the side of the road or their understanding of the regulations and rules that God had commanded. What do they do with this? And then a Samaritan comes by. By the way, Samaritans and Jews also had some conflicts. And you can learn all about that today in the University of Google. There's all kinds of things to, to help us understand this context we have a Samaritan here. They also had the law of God. But what the Samaritan does different than the priest and Levite who had that law is he loves the other. So back to Jesus and this lawyer. The lawyer cited two of the annual love passages. He asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? Jesus tells him a story based on the third passage, which is love the foreigner. And then Jesus asked him a question, who proved to be a neighbor to the man who was dying. 
The lawyer responds, the one who did mercy. The path to eternal life, he's understanding, is that we love God by loving our neighbor, even the foreigner, and doing mercy with another who is like ourselves. We don't have mercy apart from acting mercifully. God doesn't have mercy apart from he has acted mercifully and been merciful toward us. And we cannot do that either. We can't be merciful without acting in merciful ways and doing and being a neighbor to our fellow man. Jesus' first followers understood this. In fact, John, in 1 John chapter 4, tells us love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows him. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And God showed this love by sending his one and only son. And though no one has ever seen God, if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. In verse 19, 1 John 4, he says, We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a what? A liar. For the, whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Love God, love neighbor. Love God, love foreigner. Love God, love brother and sister. Love God, love your enemies. We see in this that the source of our love is God's love. We love because he first loved us. We love because he who is love is within us. We love because God demonstrated what love was in sending his son for us and on our behalf to be merciful to us and forgive our debt and our sin, nailing it all to a cross through Jesus Christ. We love because he first loved us. The motive of our love is God's love. It's the source and it's the motive because he commands us to love one another. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And his commands aren't burdensome, he commands that we love one another. And the object of our love then is clear. The source is God. The motive is God's love. The object of God's love in us is our fellow man. Everyone around us who is far more like us, even an enemy, is far more like me than either of us are like God. And this is where it gets weird for us. How can we prove neighbor or act mercifully to an invisible God? Can we love an invisible God? Jesus says we can when we love those who are visible around us. He says, there was a time when I was hungry and you fed me, a time when I was naked and you clothed me, a time I was in prison and you visited me and People answered, Lord, when did we see you hungry or, or naked or in prison? And when did we come to your aid? And he said, when you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. We truly love God through others. I cannot say I love God and not love my brother and sister. I cannot say I love God and not love my neighbor or the foreigner or even 
my enemies. And this is why Jesus said, they will know you are my disciple because you have love one for another. They will see in you love, love in action that will tell them you are truly my disciple. So, what's in the Word and how do you read it? Do we study to understand the words of the Bible? And then how do you do it? I didn't, today I didn't do what, what I often do of, of take the sermon and then bring you a few points of how to apply this in your, your job or your marriage or your workplace or, or your school. No, I want you to take that home and do that this week. We've studied the Word together. We've heard the Word together. We've looked at what it means. We've tried to see it in its context so we can now go and apply it. So around your dinner table this week, begin asking, God, how do I love my brothers and sisters, the foreigner, my neighbor, even my enemies? Help me apply your word. And let's talk about how that practically works out in our life. And oh, by the way, when we worship God, when we try to express love for him, let's not disconnect those words toward him from the words we direct toward others. Because we can't love a God we've not seen till we are loving to those that we see every day. So right now, as we stand, as we sing, as we worship God, I want to encourage us that as these words of expression of our love come out, may we see ourselves living out that love in action toward all those around us everywhere, every day. Let's worship him together.